Oh, guys, I was in the pub yesterday and there was like, just randomly happened to be like a barbershop quintet also in the pub. And at one point they asked the nice. managers to like turn off the music and they just sang three songs for us all. Oh, yes. That was my live music experience of the week. I hope you joined in. Um, I was I was tapping my foot. I recorded a little bit so I can send it to you. Um, I thought you'd like to see. I want that to happen, but I want like a sea shanty group to do that because that would just be better. Would it? That does happen. Not a TikTok trend sea shanty group because they're not sea shanties, but a proper sea shanty. I've still got beef about the fact that shanties got big on TikTok and everyone said they were sea shanties. They're not sea shanties. They're different. Try saying sea shanties about five times very quickly when you're quite irritated. She sells she sells she sells sea shanties on on the seashore. <laughs> now I'm just gonna beep over every time you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this week I'm joined by James. Hello. Tom. Hello. And Jess. Hello. <laughs> Was that really the best you could do? <laughs> best Jess Is that how he sounds? Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> You know what, I'll just put that in the show. Probably yes, I'm here. I'm, hello. I'm just, I was in the middle of sending you guys this bar- barbershop quintet and it was playing out loud on my phone so I couldn't unmute myself. And, anyway, let's go on with the show. This week, we've got the return of a fan favourite game on the show. We've got reviews of the new Porches album and a live review. We know how much our fans loved our live review in the past, so we've got another one. And we've got the normal segments you love, upcoming releases and news, but first I want to know what everyone's been listening to. This week I want to start with James. Of course, of course. Um, So in my journey to discover more music, discover more genres, um, this week I've turned to reggae um, because I haven't listened to much reggae before. Um, So yeah, this week I've chosen an artist, well, the album... And the artist I've chosen is Raz Michael, but the album I'm talking about is by Raz Michael and the Sons of Negus. Um, and the album is Rastafari. Um, that might be pronounced something di- different, but that's how I'm pronouncing it now. It was good enough. Okay. So yeah, this is kind of, if you listen to this the first way through, um, first time through, same with me as well. Um, yeah, it's a classic classic just reggae album and it's, it's kind of what you expect um but the more i've listened to it the more input put into it um the more i listen to the themes in it and the, the certain like feelings my feelings towards it really um so to expand on that a bit um yeah i think yeah the main thing were, were the themes so there are themes of race so in mr brown uh, he talks about basically being judged because of his skin color, and then and then there's these this big um, line in the song that says I'm Ethiopian. So it's like um, yeah, he's just really he's kind of re- proud of his race, and yeah, it kind of shines a light on being judged about his race when he shouldn't be. 
Um, there's also kind of like a kind of almost funky rhythmic guitar in that. Um, big wah sound, and throughout the whole album, actually, there's this um, there's this guitar going on, and it's just, you know, it's just really fun. Um, I think a big part of reggae as well is the structure is not always like a popular structure. Not generally a verse, chorus, verse, like bridge and stuff. This this song kind of um, shows that a, a bit with it. It kind of is just like a verse on a verse or however you want to see it, like a con- chorus continuing. Um, but yeah, the layers build up in some places, some layers go down. Um, so yeah, that's how the song develops rather than having this set structure. But saying that... Um, Birds in the Treetop has a more popular sound, actually, with more structure. And that might might be a gateway into this album, um, if you will. Um, But, yeah, I feel like I'm for Mr. Brown with its kind of free flow a bit more. Um, The next song I want to mention, actually, is... Well, the next theme, actually, is, like, Hard Times. So there's a song called Sufferation, which is about suffering. Um, There's also a lot of themes about faith. Um, so In Zion and Glory Down, really quite beautiful songs among this like really um, classic reggae sound, but the themes in it and the the emotion in it is kind of, yeah, it, it gives a different tone than what I expected, I guess. And there's some like romance in there as well, like Give Love. But those themes made me feel like a lot of reggae might, fit into more of like a soul genre and the the whole album felt really soulful and the more I listened to it the more I felt that and I don't know it just really clicked with me um in a way I didn't expect another track I want to mention as well is none a jarja children no cry um this track sounds really familiar for some reason it might be a popular track um but it feels familiar and it's like it's really groovy um as jess will say it's such a bop and at, at the start actually um there's it starts with this guitar and it might be some steel drums and some other um uh, percussion um but the guitar sounds out of tune but somehow it sounds like it fits really well and I don't know, it surprised me and it surprised me that I liked it because the guitar was out of tune um, but yeah it fit really well um, I did listen to some other reggae this week um, I've listened to some more kind of contemporary modern reggae um, we have some uh, yeah more electronic stuff in it um, so Mungus Hi-Fi yeah it's just more modern and more upbeat, more pop. Might it might be what you prefer, but like this this uh, album from nineteen ninety one is probably I don't know it vibes with me a bit more. I've been meaning to get more into um, the history of reggae only because like my only exposure to it has been oh, I don't know. There are certain ways I've been exposed to reggae where I think this is great and it sounds like reggae, but it's not really reggae. Um, there are, well, 
Jess, your uh, boyfriend, Ben, may be aware of a certain band called Kerno Vibrations. I kid you not, this is a thing. This is a dub reggae band which regularly plays all around Cornwall. Um, like, it's fun. It's a really good gig, but it's also one of the whitest things I've ever seen in my entire life. And it feels so embarrassing. Um <laughs> point being like you know i can i can see the attention here and it's fun but also like i do feel marginally uncomfortable here um so reggae is a, is a genre that i've been meaning to explore for ages and ages and ages and i haven't really got past bob marley i'll be honest um but yeah maybe that's my next musical journey maybe i'll do that um but yeah okay this week i have been listening to the new Band of Horses single a lot. I brought it up last week on the show because it was teased. Uh, it came out on Tuesday of last week as this out uh, as this episode releases. The single's called Crutch. Uh, alongside releasing the single, they announced their new album, Things Are Great, comes out on the 21st of January, which the name initially I was like, that is awful. Why have you called the album that? But I'm kind of coming round to it. I think it sounds alright. Like, it's kind of playful. So yeah, this is their first album since 2016's Why Are You Okay? It's also their first album since uh, two of their members left, uh, guitarist Tyler Ramsey and bassist Bill Reynolds. So, you know, it has the opportunity to be a big switch up in the band. And somewhat thankfully for me as a long-time fan and someone who's quite happy with where they're at it's kind of not it sticks very much in the vein of why are you why are you okay i don't know why i'm having trouble with that today it brings in a bit more of the sound from infinite arms which is one of my favorite of their albums i kind of go back and forwards with everything all the time and that in infinite arms you can hear maybe a bit of like Teenage fan club and uh, real estate in there, and especially in that kind of main opening hook that comes back a few times, uh, kind of in the way that the guitars kind of like, I'd, I'd call it like suburban strumming, if that makes sense. If you've listened to a real estate song, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I know. What you it kind of has this drive to it, but it, it's still quite chill. Yeah, and it's just like this nice song about um, kind of the the people and the things that you depend on on your life when you're struggling, uh, which I really like. But I really wanted to bring it up because it's like the first time I felt like giddy about a release before it comes out for a while. So obviously it was teased last week and I brought it up on the show. And then at some point between then and Tuesday, uh, someone posted a video of them playing it live in Austin on YouTube, and it's like a pretty good recording actually. It's just with a phone, but they were like in the front row of the show, and it like the sound is pretty good. I just listened to that recording lots, and then when the song actually released, like the studio version, I just kind of had it on repeat on the bus home. Um, and yeah, I just noted that it's been a long time since I've had like that kind of feeling with with a music release because. Most of the time now, like, there's so much coming out that I want to listen to. I don't really have time to get super invested in a release that's not out, because who cares? There are five releases that I've missed from last week that I still have to catch up on. Um, but yeah, it's been nice to kind of take some time and uh, enjoy a band that I love coming back for the first time in a while. Jess, I'm throwing it to you. 
Thanks. Uh, this week I've been listening to an album called Soul Lady by Yukika. Um, full name Yukika Teramoto. She is a singer, an actor who's based in South Korea. Um, bit of context, she was in a idol girl group originally. Well, not originally, but she has been in one. Um, and then she's been pursuing a solo career since then. So her first solo single was in 2019. And then this album I'm going to talk about today is her first full album, which came out in 2020. Um, it's translated as soul as in S-O-U-L, but I don't know if it's supposed to be a pun on soul the place. But then also I don't know if that would work in Korean as a pun, so I'm not, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Anyway, um, so she was born in Japan. Um, and I think maybe as a kind of result of that, it's this album is a bit of a merging of two styles from Korea and Japan, um, specifically K-pop from Korea and city pop from Japan. I'd not heard of the term city pop before I kind of did my research on this for this episode. Um, but then looking into it, I think I have heard it before quite a lot without realising. Um, it's it's a, a very popular YouTube compilation genre. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll get to that. Um, or you know those um, those compilations where it's like uh, whatever genre, 1986 to 1992, and they just group together a bunch of songs that they bought the rights to for very little money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if anyone listening has heard of the song Plastic Love by Maria Takeuchi, um, I think it's pretty much impossible for anyone to have ever listen to music on YouTube without seeing this as a suggestion at some point. Um, it's the one of like, it's like a black and white photo of a girl with her hair's kind of like lifting up like she's spinning around. I feel like thousands, millions of people will have seen this on their YouTube playlist at some point, even though even never listened to it, but it's, um, yeah, you're right, there's a lot of it on YouTube. Um, so I was kind of looking into what what this kind of originally counts as. It's, yeah, it's a Japanese-style pop, sort of originating in the 70s, and the definition I found on the internet was um, it was aimed around the everyday urban and luxury life of Japanese metropolitan areas. It's quite a cool, like, theme, in my opinion. It's quite a cool basis for music. Um, I think it was then kind of inspired by pop rock originally with some influences some jazz and funk um, and like quite a romantic theme in general in like lyrics and then a band that we've I think mentioned at points Yellow Magic Orchestra um, was sort of in this genre maybe a bit more on the synthy um, electronic focus side of things a bit later and then it kind of has gone into more mellow and indie movements again since then so it's changed around a bit but um, a genre I think I'm actually quite like but I just didn't know what it was called um so yeah, that's the context. What this kind of results in is a really warm and cute pop album. It's very gentle, but it's also upbeat. Um, it's got lots of brass and woodwind elements in the background that kind of fill in the, the layers and make it quite lush. Um, and it's very smooth to listen to overall. My favourite tracks of it so far are probably the title track, Soul Lady, um, I Feel Love and Pitter Pet. Pitapet is, I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be a reference or something, it probably is, but I'm not sure, or maybe a sound effect, I'm not sure. But that stands out to me, it's a bit more on the synth pop, or maybe dance pop side of things, it's got like some sort of funky bass lines that suddenly appear halfway through and a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more perhaps unique in comparison to the rest of it. Um, I don't mean that necessarily that the rest of it is, you know, samey, but it just definitely stands out a little bit. Um, as less traditional city pop, I suppose. So I enjoyed that one. It's quite, it's very like playful overall. 
um, I, I found out about this album because she recently released a single last month actually called Loving You that I saw I was just looking for some good singles that come out this year um, I've never heard of her I'd never heard of the single but I listened to it and was basically instantly hooked by just how catchy it is and that was what led me to end up exploring this whole album that song in particular is just a really like I just wanted to mention it as a really well written pop song like it's just it's just simple but it has a really good melody good hooks um it's really catchy even from the first listen like I feel a bit like what you said Will about you know really being enthusiastic about a single um I'd never I wasn't I wasn't hyped up for this at all like I said never heard of her but as soon as I started listening to it I was just like I was just enjoying it immediately which sometimes doesn't happen so it takes you a while to like get accustomed to things and and kind of things grow on you but I was just really happy to hear something that was so much fun straight away so I'm definitely going to be following her music from now on and seeing where she goes next because it was just just really simple enjoyable catchy pop and to me that's what makes a good pop song that's kind of the whole point of a lot of pop um maybe I'm just kind of into this thing at the moment because a few points it took me back to an artist I talked about a long time ago on the show uh DJ Sabrina the Teenage DJ you might only be talking about that um so I was very enthusiastic about that at the time and still am very enthusiastic about um her work the, the sort of tangible things that remind me of that are the fuzzy radio effects at points and some sound effects and um, I'm not sure if they're samples, but there's like voice clips of people being on the phone, that kind of thing. There's two tracks that are supposed to be like she's in an airport and I think it's kind of bringing a concept to the whole album. Like I wouldn't call it a whole concept album, but it's sort of giving a bit of story to it. Um, and that's that's a particular element to bring out other than that in a more general sense. It's just the warmth of it and the poppiness, I guess, that makes me think it has kind of a similar atmosphere to it and is on a similar level of just enjoyment. Um, so that's that's something I'm just into this year, I think, apart from my, all the weird experimental stuff I've been also like exploring. So this is slightly on a different side of things. But yeah, that's, that's praise for me anyway, because I love that other album. So that's my recommendation for the week, Soul Lady um, and the single Loving You by Yukika. I'm in the mood for a good pop album. I'll give this one a go. Do it. And I like the allusions to city pop. Because mm. it's just fun. It feels like like a Studio Ghibli movie that's not one with like the crazy animals. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's the one where there are kids who fall in love in a city. Ah, I've done this a lot where I hear an influence, but I think I'm listening to it in, in reverse almost. Like I'm hearing the thing that was more original. Bits of it remind me of like the menu music on like Wii Party. <laughs> oh, you've sold me. This is perfect. But I'm pretty. That's. I'm almost certain that's because Wii Party was inspired by City Pop, rather than the other way around. But still, no. Actually, they had the Wii in in 1964 in Japan. <laughs> it just took a while to get to the yeah. West. <laughs> Let me just quietly make a note of that Spotify playlist for City Pop. That's going to be something I listen to later. Speaking of things you're listening to, <laughs> Tom. Nice segue. What have you been listening to this week? Oh, we're moving on to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Life in the Royal Abbey Hall by Joe Bonamassa. Um, this is an album that for ages I have hated because I've always watched it. Uh, Joe Bonamassa is a um, very, very skilled, virtuistic uh, modern blues guitar player. Um, he became a sensation when he was like a not even a teenager like when he was 12 playing with like massive blues artists goodness knows how that happened um 
he's a very, very, very good player. He's also incredibly boring to watch on stage, um, in my experience, because he's spending most of his time busy playing, which may be, you know, sort of uh, understandable. You know, it, it, it's hard to concentrate on playing and then also sing your songs at the same time. Um, but I always got bored of watching DVD after about 25 minutes. Well, even less, 15 minutes, because it's like, I get it. You play guitar, you you know, you sing the songs, it's all blues music, it's really good, but I've kind of heard enough. Same problem I have with Corey Wong, and like maybe, um, uh, there's someone else whose name has escaped me. Never mind. Um, Nirvana. Uh, yeah, Nirvana, sure, why not? That's not what I was thinking, but okay. I know what you did, and and I didn't like it. Jacob Collier. <laughs> Jacob Collier, well done. Jacob Collier, that's the other one I have problems with. This has got off track. What was I saying? Yeah, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I get it. It's fine. Um, I had a car journey um, that I had to take for about two hours or so. I was on the road for about two hours and I thought, well, actually, why not? Let's throw on Joe Bonamassa um, because I was uh, in the mood, I suppose. I don't really know. I just sort of arrived on on Bluetooth. I put it on, I put it on Spotify and started driving. Um and listening to it when I was doing something else, suddenly I get it. It's really, really nice to have some um, remarkably good guitar music in the background uh, whilst doing other things. And you're not worrying about um, the lyrics so much. You're not worrying so much about the ebbs and flows of the show. It's just a fairly constant, fairly regular uh, bluesy affair and it's not an intense listen unless you are a complete guitar bore who talks about chord progressions and how he's you know, soloing in a caged progression um, yeah uh, un- unless you're that it's just a nice easy hard rock blues album it's really really good um, just listening to it it's surprisingly tuneful it's surprisingly virtuistic it's just something that sort of ambles on by um django the opening track is a really really nice um cinematic piece of um guitar music it's really really nice to uh hear a guitar based song and a guitar driven song that's got this really nice motif about it like it's meant to be the sort of theme tune or this uh opening credits to a movie or something it feels really really nice um, I'm trying to think of some other standout songs. I mean, they're all pretty good. All of the first five tracks are really, really nice, and they're ones that I come back to all the time. Um, so any of those is recommended. Um, further on up the road includes an appearance from one Eric Clapton, um, which was a really nice sort of curveball that just sort of arrived in there. Um, High Water Everywhere is a weird song that involves an acoustic guitar and two drum kits. No, I don't understand that either. I have no idea. Um, but genuinely, he plays this whole show that is just a normal band setup, but there are two drum kits. I don't really get it. Um, recording quality isn't great. It sounds quite dull at times, and somehow this is a recording that has all the atmosphere of the venue, the Royal Albert Hall, um, and it has all the instruments there, but it has no life. It has no space to it. I don't really know what's going on there, and I don't know how they've managed that. Um... But it's still a really nice listen. You know, it's not something where it's been made to um, stunning HD quality and it's not like it would be 
I don't know, like a like a mused live DVD recorded in 4K with like you know 275 microphones around the arena. Um, it feels fairly raw and it feels fairly um, uh, warm in the sense that it's not very brilliant. There isn't much um, brightness in the recording, um, but it's really fun. If you want some like nice, surprisingly good, uh, a little bit self-involved guitar music, this is a really good album. Uh, Life from the Royal Abbey Hall by Joe Bonamessa. I'm pretty sure when I saw Car Seat Headrest, they had two drum kits. I don't really get it. Like, this is someone who's done live music. Just like, why would you put yourself through the pain of having to set up and 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 get two drum kits sounding just right? Sounds like hell. Because when one's doing like the main beat and the other's doing like additional like tom fills and cymbals it does sound incredible when it's done well yeah maybe maybe similarly to you uh tom i i haven't i haven't really got into bonamassa or any of these like virtuoso solo kind of guitarists with no vocals or anything um it kind of feels like well the opposite of it really is like listening to a whole album with just acapella i don't think i could do that um <laughs> It's a, it, it's, yeah, I don't, I need more like depth to it. It's like the vocals, and I don't really want that focused on the guitar that much for a whole album. But I don't know, it, maybe I need to give it another shot. Um, cause it sounds like there are some gems in there. Yeah. One thing that really helps when I was listening uh, was when I'd actually finished Car Journey, I picked up my guitar and started playing through and going, right, what's this guy actually playing here? And then suddenly I thought about it as a guitar player, which I admit is not how everybody's going to listen to this album. And it's quite boring to go through and figure out, you know, okay, he's modulated from major to minor here. It's quite boring if you say it out loud, but just don't say it out loud. You know, just quietly, secretively listen to Joe Bonamassa and and learn his secrets and then I don't know apply it to your own playing that's that's the life hack here what Tom is saying is don't mention it on a podcast I like that Tom's interpretation of like listening to music is thinking about all these complex music theory things and mine is just hmm we music (laughs) I should never have mentioned anything I think I've permanently tarnished my reputation now the Wii Remote and Nunchuck were the perfect instruments. You could do everything you needed to do with them. <laughs> yeah, okay, I agree. Let's discuss. <laughs> On the news this week, uh, two big stories. Well, not even particularly big stories. It's not really a week for big stories. I'm going to start a segment again so I can actually say that it's not that interesting a week for music. Two eensy little stories. Two teeny weeny little stories. Actually, one of them is quite important. On the news this week, two uh, stories to report here. Uh, Spotify is bigging up its new artist development program and UK Music is calling for uh, gender pay gap action. Let's start with Spotify. Um, Spotify have been speaking exclusively with musicweek.com about their Fresh Finds artist development program. Um, If you are an aficionado of Spotify, you might have noticed the Fresh Finds playlists for... I think there is a um, a main overall Fresh Finds playlist, and then there are several sub-genres as well. I think there's a Latino America one. I think there's an R&B one. There's a few variations of it. Um, 
yeah basically it's just for new artists what's happened alongside that is that Spotify have also launched an artist development program uh, where they have had several what they've called classes of artists coming through uh, on those programs the cl- first class of May 2021 included Julia Wolf it included Wallace it included uh, Unusual uh, Demony Unusual Demony and Ek Stacy or ecstasy I guess it's ec- ecstasy why do I feel so old when I'm saying things like that um, Julia Wolf I think we might have mentioned on the program before I really can't remember um, but it does sound vaguely familiar for some reason she might have released something recently you're probably thinking of Remy Wolf or cousin of Wolf Alice yes I am thinking of that I'm not making myself like sound any younger am I let's move on um, it looks as though the um, Fresh Finds program seems to offer the same sort of um, services and the same sort of um, opportunities that a A&R management deal would on a label. You're getting things like creative development, uh, hooking songwriters up with producers, uh, but also with a Spotify slant, so how to properly use all of the Spotify for Artists um, metrics that you get about um, uh, your listenership by region and by, um, well, you don't get time of day, but by region and by um, country and city uh, and how to properly use that to plan your gigs and whatnot, which I would have thought wouldn't take that much skill. But maybe I'm being very judgmental. Um, so, yeah, that's the story. Um, there isn't really that much more to read into it. Um, yeah, Spotify are bigging up the thing, what they're doing with new artists. From the consumer side, I always look at these things and I'm like, it's just not as good as Bandcamp's blog, is it? Nah. Like the, the Bandcamp blog has so much good music, good music, like, every day. At least Bandcamp actually care. This is the thing. I know Spotify doesn't care. They don't care at all. Let's be honest here. They just don't care. Yeah, it's true. Like, I didn't know how to use Bandcamp, really, and then... Since you guys have talked about it, I started going on there, and even I found some like good things pretty instantly. Some of which I talked about on the show with like very little effort, and it's all been really good. And like things I hadn't heard of before, which is always nice. So yeah, Spotify is um, saying how good it is when it's actually pretty mediocre at best. Um, speaking of things um, that are actually rather appalling uh, when you think about them. Uh, UK Music has called for um, action on the gender pay gap in the music industry. The UK government has recently forced companies to publish data and statistics on um, um, gender disparities in terms of wages and in terms of bonuses, and it's revealed that there are still lots of inherent... um, Well, I can't say biases, but certainly there is a big gap between what men and women are being paid in the industry. Uh, Let me get my statistics up here because I want to make sure that I get this right because I think it's worth taking a moment to think about it and actually taking a moment to figure out what it actually means. It's true, I only get paid half as much as you guys for editing this show. Well, if we were in the music industry, well, to be fair, half of free is also free. I think the point is half of zero is still zero. (laughs) Exactly. Half of free is still well, yeah, yeah. I meant free as in not paid, as in it's oh, okay. it's it's you don't need to pay for it. Let's move on. <laughs> the major labels um, have revealed these statistics because they have to, because they have to file these um, statistics by law. Um, what it has actually revealed is that um, there is quite significant and really worrying and quite shameful. 
um, differences in the ways that men and women are paid. Um, for the major labels, uh, which includes Sony Music, it includes Warner Music, and it includes, I believe, Universal Group as well. Yep, there we go. Uh, there is anywhere between a 15 to 30% um, decrease in salary from men versus women. That's taken into account, I presume, everybody in the organisation, uh, all men versus all women. Women are being paid 30% less uh, on average, depending on what their role is, um, which is really awful to begin with. Uh, what it has also revealed is that median bonuses, so extra um, you know, cash incentives that you're getting on top of your salary, uh, is way, way, way worse than that. Um, the median bonus gap, so right in the middle of the spectrum, uh, 25 to 25% difference. So a man or a woman in the middle of, middle of the um, statistics of everyone in the company... A man getting a bonus is going to get 20 to 25% more than a woman. The mean difference between uh, all of the bonuses is actually much, much higher. It's about 60, 65%. So if you add up all the bonuses that have been given out and then, you know, compare them versus yeah, men versus women, women are being paid about 60% less in their bonuses. What does that mean? I've had a quick chat with someone today um, and the um, short and long of it is that it suggests, although it doesn't prove, uh, and I haven't actually gone out and double checked the um, C-suites and the, the, the board of directors for the major labels is that we're still dealing with a very, very male-dominated environment. If you imagine um, a man on the um, trustee board or the board of directors gets a bonus, oh, well done, the company's made £100 million this year, you can get a million-pound bonus, yeah, for example. That's probably an extreme example, but something like that. So he gets his bonus, hunky-dory. It's proportional to what he's doing. Um, but then you might get... Um, a woman lowered down um, who isn't in the C-suite because there are no women in the C-suite um, that is in a corporate board um, she might be a middle manager looking after an artist and oh well done this artist has sold a million albums you can get a £200,000 bonus you know and it's still really really good but there's still a massive disparity between what that uh, board of directors member is earning and what that um, artist manager is earning, so to speak, something along those lines. What it means is that, you know, overall, uh, the data correlates with more men being at higher positions in big music organisations. Now, this isn't just the music labels that are doing this. Uh, this is industry-wide, and it's taken into account a lot more uh, statistics besides that. And it's also not unique to the music industry. This is something that happens all around corporate business. And it's still really, really um, frustrating. And it's really uh, something that makes me feel uncomfortable thinking about and talking about. It feels so strange to be thinking about it, um, that it's still a problem in the year 2021. Um, but this is the thing. So Yuki Music, of course, for, you know get some more action on these things. I think they have a 10-point plan for um, reducing the gender pay gap in the music industry, helping um, women out with uh, maternity cover, and if people decide to have children during their career, it's not going to affect their long-term progression in an organisation, and it's not going to affect their long-term earnings in their career, um, so on and so forth. There are various points that they've made um, to try and support narrowing and mitigating the gender pay gap uh, over time so yeah that's a thing good news is 
people do have a lot of words and there are uh, schemes in place. The bad news is it hasn't happened yet. There, the, the, the gap is still as large as it has been uh, for a while. But let's stay quietly optimistic. Let's keep talking about it and let's try and sort things out. Dirty news this week. I don't know whether anyone, anyone wants to jump in and uh, give any comments on a very big topic like that. Yeah, I think you cover, um, touched on it a little bit. Um, but I think the main thing where that gap is coming from is men being in higher paid jobs rather than people, men and women doing the same job and getting paid different amounts. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if, if a man and a woman has the same job, they're going to be paid the same thing. There's no going to be no gap there. It's just that the gap is coming from men being promoted to higher roles where they get paid more but yeah that can still be a problem so i think sony have said that they are working on that they're working on getting women in these higher roles where they should be i've pulled up some research from yougov if listeners want to look this up it's an article called women are less likely to be to be given opportunities or rewards in the workplace than men very catchy title uh, it's from 2018 um and I'm trying to read off this graph because they don't have raw statistics in a table. Um, but uh, they asked uh, a sampling of people in the UK, which of the following, if any, have you exper ever experienced at work? 60% uh, of men said they'd been given the opportunity to lead on a project, while only about 45% of women. Just over 50% of men were given a pay rise or bonus not connected to a promotion compared to only 40% of women. Uh, about 65% of men have said they'd been rewarded for their work uh, compared to just over 50% for women. And uh, just below 60% of men said they'd been given a promotion compared to about 45% of women. So those are pretty significant statistics that, in general... Clearly, in the music industry and in other places, women aren't being given the same opportunities to progress as men are. Mm. What happens as well in, in organisations like this, um, but again, I think this is just uh, business more widely, is that um, because maybe a generation or two ago, when these companies were first founded or when their modern iterations were first founded, the workplace was very male orientated and it still is. So that means that the C-suite started off being a world of men. And that means when someone else needs to come onto the board, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know whether people do think about it or whether they don't, I can't say. Um, but certainly if you're in a room full of men and then suddenly you go, well, we've got two candidates here. There's a man and a woman here. Probably give the man safe bet, you know, and it sounds really bad to say it like that, but it's also probably true. I do have um, relatives of mine who um, have been dealing with this themselves. You, you know, she is a woman who has been uh, finding her way through business for a long time. She was on the board of directors for a company and um, they were talking about, what was it? I think it was like their intake scheme or something. And she pointed out, just like, you know, you know that uh, member on the intake scheme is related to one of the directors you know that's that's the nephew of one of the directors and you know four of the five candidates are all white men and until she pointed that out to them 
they were completely oblivious. They were just blind to it. Uh, and it's one of those things where uh, it sounds stupid, but you just need to say it out loud and go, actually, this isn't right. And then suddenly people go, no, you're right, actually. This isn't certain. This isn't right. This isn't on. Um, and it's really weird. And it still feels really um, shameful to talk about it, you know, because why is this a problem? Why should it ever be a problem? Um, but it is. And it's something that we just got to keep tackling and keep moving forward on. Uh, keep discussing it and then, well, don't let up. It's a short and long of it. Don't let up. Keep fighting. I think that's the big thing, though. I th- there's a, a, I think a lot of people have the impression that, like you said, like why is this still an issue in 2021? Like how hasn't, like how haven't things got better? And also that there's a lot of the idea that, oh well, when all of the young people grow up and it's all going to be better because. Mm. Oh, we're all good people, and 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 this will be fine. But I, I just, I think there have been enough generations of people who think that to the point where it's just not going to be the case, and we need to keep making a fuss about it when these things come up because otherwise things won't change. I feel kind of bad. I don't have anything to say on that last point. <laughs> I feel like I should maybe be speaking up or something, but I guess it's just more of a it's less of a news story when you just kind of deal with stuff gradually as days go by. Yeah, I just, I just think you guys have really covered everything. Yeah, I guess I just deal with things in my career as they come up at the time. There we go, that's the news. And on to less important but more fun matters. Let's move on to the main topic of the week. Jess, you're running it. Um, yeah, right, on to more fun things. Um, yeah, it's the return of Translation Station. Ooh. Woo! Hooray! was really enthusiastic <laughs> once more with feeling <gasps> yay I'm tired no, I can't be bothered <laughs> you guys suck um, alright hopefully I'm going to bring my energy back into the room um, yeah so everybody knows how this works by now I've just run some songs through Google Translate a few times um, and seen what the result is and then you've got to try and guess which song it is so I'm going to start off with one that should be, I think it's probably going to be extremely easy, but it's just one to get started. And I'm going to just say it still the way even someone guesses it because it is funny and I want you to hear it till the end. Do we have a buzzer? Do you want a buzzer? I feel like that's fair. Okay. Mine's Eric Clapton. Okay. Is that your buzzer or is that just, yep. you know? No, 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 you can have you one have with buzzer. fewer syllables if you want. You are choosing it. Mine's going to be squaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Eric. <laughs> Eric. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You've killed Tom. So. Oh my God. Sorry. I'm dying. That's my one. Sorry. I'm dying. You're just trying to psych out the enemy, aren't you, Will? This is what you're doing here. <laughs> the mind games begin. This one. He's done the pub quiz before. He knows exactly how to play this game. I often make bird calls and <laughs> pub quizzes. <laughs> what bird is that? Uh, the blue finned cockatiel. Great. It goes squaw. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Tom's oh, ready. Sure. <laughs> what's your what's your buzzer, Tom? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Uh, someone said buzz yet? Can I use buzz? No, you, you can. I use can't. Buzz. 
Can I use no, no, biz? No one said you it. Can. No, you, you oh, right, okay. you can Yes, it. you can use buzz. Great. <laughs> right, right, we're getting there. Okay, song one. So yeah, I think this should be very easy, but it's a warm-up. Um, I will still award points because, you know, it's more fun. Um, so you are a tough guy. How is that really rude, guy? I just can't get enough. Boy. Chest is always such a chubby guy. I'm such a bad type. Make your mum sad. Eric. Make your girl insane. Eric, Eric, Can Eric. Can seduce your father. I'm going to stop the last bit. Okay, go on, James. Um, bad Guy by Billie Eilish. <laughs> well, to, to say yes Eilish. or no, I'm going to carry on. I'm going to carry on with the last couple of lines. I'm a bad guy. Do. <laughs> Did it really end in do? <laughs> yes. Do. <laughs> First point to James slash Eric. No, I'm still James. It's just my buzzer okay. is Eric. Thank- okay, cool. Thanks. I was a bit confused. I wasn't quite sure. Um, all right, then. This one should be maybe less obvious, but, you know, I've, I've picked well-known songs. Um that doesn't bode well for me. I don't do well-known uh, songs. <laughs> well, you, I'm sure you will have heard this. I don't do any okay. songs you will have heard in this. my experience. I was rubbish at this last time, so I'm, I'm expecting I nothing. I think you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love. Love is the working word. Love is an action word. <laughs> my breath is hairy. Oh no, I'm, I should know what this is. Be clear. I shake and clear. My breath is hairy. <laughs> Pause before the last what? couple of lines, which is the most obvious bit. What? Any clues? Any clues? I'm just imagining like someone's mouth being really hairy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. Did you get more of it? or Tears on the fire. My breath is hairy. Is it... Wait... <laughs> You can do this. You can do this. You know the song. Well, there's a lyric. I'm guessing like flashes of of like some kind of connection. Like there's a synapse firing in my brain. Yeah. By, yeah, you know, going. It's linking. This to sounds me. vaguely familiar, but in a very abstract way. Like I dreamt it once. <laughs> can you start again from the top? Okay. I'll try and say it in not such a stilted way because I'm, I'm trying to do that to throw you off, but I'll make it a bit more easy. Put some beat in love, it. Put some rhythm. You know. Love is the working word. Love is an action word. Oh, My breath is hairy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, James? There's literally only one word different in that line. Love is an action word. That is that is like extremely similar to what the real line is. Is it like Steps or S Club 7? No. <laughs> it's not. Oh. It's probably around a similar decade. Love. I give Maybe up. Earlier. I have no idea. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so it could be the 90s or the 2000s. <laughs> so most of the music I know. It could be anywhere in the 20 year period. I think it's within like five years. This really doesn't help. Is it Justin Timberlake? No. I'm going to draw attention to the line, tears on the fire. Which again yeah, what is, is that? To the real line. Oh my God, what is that? It's only marginally different. Yeah. It's some I pop song, can... right? No, it's it not is. a pop song. Well, it's, not okay, a pop okay. song. it's a popular song, but I wouldn't put it as pop. Is it Radiohead? It's 
on the lines, it's more like Radiohead than it is Steps. It's more like Radiohead than Steps. Well, this is really narrowing it down. On on the t- on the spectrum of music, it is more on the from Radiohead to Steps. It's, it's closer to Radiohead. Wow, that's that's the, that's the title for this week's episodes. The two genres of music. Can I have a lifeline. Um, how many times did you translate this? <laughs> That's not even a helpful question. Should I just tell you the real lyrics and you just got to try and guess it from that? I still won't get it. (laughs) I'm giving up. Yeah, give us the real lyrics. Love love is a verb. Love is a um, doing word. No, 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 stop, stop. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I can't believe I can't get this. (laughs) Tears on the fire. I must not know the song. Oh, my brain can't pull the next lyric. <laughs> Tears on the fire. Let me just Spotify this a minute, see what happens. Google. Tears. You can't do that. Are you getting a hint that tears are important here? Yes, I'm getting it. <laughs> Wait, it's not Teardrop by Massive yes, Attack. Yes, it's Teardrop by Massive Attack. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Tears. <laughs> oh my god. Tears. Oh my god. Love's a doing word. I'm oh literally just oh saying my to you, god. Like, the title, but in a slightly different format. I, no one can. I was thinking it was like a Spice Girls song I couldn't think of. Love, love is a verb. Love is a doing word. Feel this on my brain. Oh no. Even I knew that one. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I knew it because of Newton Faulkner, but. That's a point for score. All right, well, you can have that, but barely. Thanks. (laughs) I need it. Point nine of a point. (laughs) It took us like two minutes to get the actual answer. This one might be quite hard, but it's pretty great. Oh, no. (laughs) You'll definitely know the song. Um, Right, right. Some people grow in order to alleviate the burden. They are red, white, and blue. And plays the trophy. Hey, master. They teach you, Lord. Not me. Not me. He is not the son of a senator. Not me. Not me. No one is happy. James looks like he might know this. Is it? It wasn't me by Shaggy. (laughs) No, but I will say that that's kind of a probably the key lyrics to kind of focus in on. No, that was the one that was in my head. I will. Okay, here's a hint. The real like that that line in particular is "It ain't me, it ain't me." That doesn't help me. I'm afraid. I have no idea. This is a song from probably the seventies. Still doesn't help me. Is it Dusty Springfield? No. This is a song that is played often in films or in like edits that people make of films um it's like quite a popular kind of meme song for that despite like also being just a good song in its own right that was from the 70s or well, i think it's from the 70s it might be earlier that is a clue for a very specific type of person <laughs> <laughs> like like what what are these youtube videos you're talking about <laughs> Can we have the actual lyrics, or is that going to give it away? Okay, maybe the lyrics are slightly harder, but like you'll know the song. You'll, you absolutely know the song. Some folks are born made to wave the flag. 
they're red, white, and blue. And when the band plays Hail to the Chief, they point the cannon at you, Lord. It ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no senator's son. No? No clues yet? No? Nothing. It ain't me. It ain't me. I ain't no fortunate one. Oh, oh no. What is it? <laughs> oh, no. I'm not fortunate. Oh, what is that? Oh, what is All it? The title Bang. words are in that. I know it is. What's the song? Oh, this is going to kill me. Maybe if I just did like a bad cover of the in- like um, introductory guitar riff, you would have got it quicker. Tom seems to know what this is. I have no idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Tom a fair chance. I gave Will a pretty long time. I'm not gonna it. get anywhere. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna groan like this. I will tell you, Jess. I'm gonna groan like this until you tell me what it is because I'd like. It sounds familiar, but I'll never ever be able to get the title of song. I ain't ever. no fortunate one. Yes. That's the line that got me. I don't know what song it's, it's from. It's played in war films? No. Oh, is it yes. Johnny Cash song? Yes. You, meet the buzzer. Who? You. Who, whoever's got it. Buzzer. Everybody used to buzzer. <laughs> Squaw! <laughs> yes, Will. <laughs> Johnny Cash. No. What? Oh, is it Fortunate Son? Is yes. it what I said is right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to steal James's answer. <laughs> yeah, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's fortunate, son. <laughs> Who's it by? Well, I'm not telling you. <laughs> That's not helpful. It's supposed to be a quiz. <laughs> yeah, it's too hard. You didn't differentiate for us being bad at uh, it. <laughs> Tom, do you know who it's by? Do you know who fortunate son is by? No. Oh my no gosh. Idea. Thought you guys oh. were supposed to be music nerds. So that's two points for me. <laughs> I'm going to give you a half. I'm giving you a half for that. I'll take it. It's by Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh my gosh. Get on YouTube, you guys. I, I know I'm going to know Do you want like it. 20 seconds to go and listen to it and know what song this is? Is it, is it the one that in every war movie it comes yes. out like the choppers? Yes. I mean, it's the one Credence Clearwater Revival yes. song this I know. Exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, if you had have said, like, the Vietnam song that comes out of the helicopters, I would have guessed Cle- <laughs> Credence Clearwater Revival. She kind of yeah. did say that. You didn't know who they were. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving you that half point. <laughs> you, you already gave me the point. It's mine. <laughs> I literally said, who, who played Fortunate Son? And you didn't know. You barely deserve you half a point. You should have, if you had, when you said it, if you had, have, like, squealed... Like he does in the song, I would have got it faster. <laughs> All decisions are final. Okay, this is a more recent song. Let's start with that. You will all know it because it was all popular when we were youngish on the radio. That's not recent, <laughs> youngish. It's more recent than Creedence Clearwater Revival. Right, let's get into right, it. Right, you're going to lose a point in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Buzz, remember, if you want to come in. <laughs> this one just I'm just what? cracking up with these translations they're great oh. go there do that damaged I'm having fun I'm going down I will not let you take my foot I will not let you in the message I tried to send my message did not come damn it I know this I connect I really with know the beach. this one. Oh yeah oh yeah prove it yeah I'm leaving with something else 
I can't turn love on until it's cheap. You're there. That's broken. I'm having fun. I'm going down. I will not let you take my foot. (laughs) This time, boy, am I going to be a bully? This time, boy, am I going to be a bully? Squaw! (laughs) Go on. Bulletproof by LaRue. Yay! Oh, no, yeah. I told you I knew it. Such a groan. It's obvious now. <laughs> I will wow. not let you take my Will's running away with this. Somehow. <laughs> I need to keep track of these scores. <laughs> I'm on two and a half. <laughs> Team Squaw is going really well tonight. <laughs> you got more chances. You got two more songs coming up. Oh, I can draw with Will. This one I put in, here's a here's a hint, a handy hint. Uh, it's Halloween in not too much time. So this Spooky is a... Uh, Buzz. Thriller by Michael Jackson. We haven't started yet, so it doesn't count. Buzz. Um, theme to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was working in a lavatory late one night. Squaw! When my... <laughs> the monster man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> For God's sake, the one I didn't mention. When my eyes saw an eerie sight, for my monster, they began to rise from his plate. And suddenly, to my surprise, he crushed monsters. Bag of monsters. (laughs) It was a devastating graveyard. He made a mess. It went viral in no time. He crushed him. (laughs) He crushed monsters. It went viral in no time. Will's bringing it home. You guys need to catch up. We can't. Who does that song actually? Because like, obviously, like everyone knows the song, but who's the artist? No one knows. No one knows. Know. <laughs> Nobody they knows. It, they wrote anonymous on the form. <laughs> is is there a form the for writing form. songs? An application form? I'd like to write a song. That you send to the um, the people who do royalties, presumably. I imagine they have forms. Oh, buzz! Half point for the artist. Huh? It's Bobby Pickett. He just looked it up. Yes, it did. All semblance of order has just gone away from this game. I may as well just Google the answers. I'm giving I'm giving a full point out for, for, because no one knows who the artist is on this song. Anyway, <laughs> you'll definitely know who the artist is on this next song. You need to know it to get a full point. Um, Lady Gaga. This one really got me. Um, this is the last one, by the way. So maybe Will's already got right. It I'm back, out of it. You guys can still kind of you can get some dignity back anyway. I kind of need to because I'm on, well, naught. So, you know, (laughs) pressure's on here. (laughs) We are not strangers to love. You know my rules. Absolute conviction is what I think. You can't get this from anyone else. I just want to share my feelings with you. I'll make you understand. He will never give it to you. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> he will not let you go. You will not be allowed to sew. Oh. Not necessarily. <laughs> you can't lie and hurt yourself. A roller coaster. I, I kind of started getting hints towards the beginning and then it went off the rails. <laughs> and yeah, and then it completely the melted. <laughs> like our brain cells. Can we get it repeated? Okay. Yeah. We are not strangers to love. You know my rules. Absolute conviction is what I think. You can't get this from anyone else. Wait, can you pause so I can think? 
Oh, I feel like I know what. Uh, okay, oh, right, turns over. Oh, b- uh, b- buzz. <laughs> Tom. Mm, mm, n- n- never gonna give you up by Rick Astley. Yes. Yes. Oh, God, God, it didn't. It didn't fit for me. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> really? Something Yay. in my brain went right. This is a connection. I finally get this game. It's taking me months. <laughs> well done, Tom. Should have just said it. Just I got it. a point. I scored a point. What, what lyrics where he talks about someone else? Yeah, I just want to share my feelings with you. I just want to tell you all my feelings. Um, I'll make you understand. Is gotta make you understand. Okay. He will never give it to you. Never you gonna give. You will not be disappointed. You. Are you lit down? He will not let you go. And I don't know what. What was the fir- What was the first you. line? You will not be allowed to sew. Somehow got translated from never going to make you cry. I don't know how that happened. That's when I translated weird. it again, it was like bedding is not allowed. So no idea what's going on there. <laughs> what was the... I prefer bedding is not allowed. Yeah, bedding is not allowed is an awesome line. What was the very first line though? Like in the, in the translation? We are not strangers to love. That's almost what yeah. I thought. We're no strangers to love. And then yeah. something in my brain went, hang on a minute. <laughs> I've heard this before on YouTube. We are not strangers to love. Yeah. So, you know, classic to end on. Yay. Okay, so final scores are one point to Tom, one point to James. This is a lifelong achievement. And three and a half points to Will, is that right? Yep. Nice. For a total of five and a half points somehow, whatever, that just, let's just go with that. (laughs) Five questions, five and a half points. Great. What a (laughs) lovely story. Six questions, but it still doesn't make any sense. Right, on to reviews. Uh, We've got two for you this week. I'm going to be doing an album review and then Tom has a live review that you can stick around for. Uh, I want to talk about the new Porches record. It's called All Day Gentle Hold. Uh, It's the band's fifth album. I've been quite a big fan of Porches in the past. I love their album Pool. Since then, they've released The House and then Ricky Music, which I've been less fond of. And I think in particular, it's the consistency of tracks where there will be a handful of tracks on each record that I absolutely adore, and then the rest of the tracks I just kind of forget about. This one takes things in a slightly different direction, it is still very much that Porch's sound that they have now very much defined over those last two records. Uh, but it's kind of like a more like very modern pop sound. Uh, to it it's a very short record it's uh, about 25 minutes similar to last year's Ricky Music the difference being this time is that it is a more consistent album Uh, I think the tracks all kind of work together as a project whereas with Ricky Music there was like Madonna which was like this really like upbeat dancey track and then there were slow tracks like do you wanna and it didn't all feel like it came from the same place artistically here they all sound they all work together and also the other big difference is that i like all of the songs on this album i'm gonna pick out a few that i think are key uh first off i miss that uh it was one of the well it was the lead single from the record it came out last year it's kind of like a more upbeat take on some of the Ricky music sounds. I mean, it came out like not all that long after that album, so it kind of makes sense that it's similar. And that's kind of what you get for the first three tracks on the album is kind of 
similar to what we've had before, but just kind of slightly better writing. Uh, there are lots of, lots of porches-isms, as I'll call them in this review, uh, like the kind of things that they do as a band uh, that are in there. The fourth track, Swimming Big, is another one I want to pick out because it's the first like big shift of the album. Uh, about halfway through, so it goes from like kind of standard porches, like uh, moody synth pop. Halfway through, it comes in with this big uh, strummed electric guitar part that's really high energy, and it has a really cool like contrast to the the rest of the track. They also bring in uh, female vocals as well, which is like the first time on the record that those come in, uh, and it just gives the whole song a really different feel. So initially that guitar part comes in and it's just that and the vocals and then they bring back the moody synth pop and then play it over the top which I think is a really cool like contrast. And then also talking about choruses let's get on to probably my favourite track on the record at the moment which is called Water Gets Inside. Uh, it kind of has this driving beat and you're kind of lulled into the record to the point where when you get here it sounds kind of normal but the moment where you put this track with it's like very strong rhythm against any of Porch's older stuff, suddenly you're like, oh wow, this is like a lot bigger, a lot more poppy. Where like just listening to the album, I thought, oh, it's kind of standard Porch's, but just a bit different. Uh it's it's night and day if you push it against like one of the tracks from Paul. What I really like about this song is that the chorus builds each time it plays. So there's always another element coming in, doing something different, making it more epic, up until the end where uh, there are just like wailing synths and guitars and it's kind of crazy. And here is where I want to pick out a particular Porchesism. After Paul, something they started using more and has just got more and more over the course of each album is that they'll take the name of the song and they'll just repeat it a bunch of times, and that'll be the hook of the track. You can hear it on a bunch of tracks on this album too. I miss that. The hook is basically just, I miss that, I miss that, I miss that, I miss that. And it's the same with Water Gets Inside and a bunch of other tracks. But on this record, because it's going for that modern pop sound, I think it's a lot more palatable and it works more. I still think that I'd rather have a chorus with like more substance in it in terms of the lyrics, but it does it, it works better here, where in the past I was like, that's kind of lazy. I'm still still, if you get to the end of the album and and you're listening for it, you'll be like, I, that, I feel like you really need to <laughs> need to be doing more with with the choruses, but I think it works better because they're go. Partly because it's just short, so you don't have to like hear things over and over again. But also because it kind of works with the aesthetic. And then the final track I wanted to bring attention to is The Closer. It's called Come Down Song. And it gives a, a nice sense of um, like finishing to the record. It's kind of this like uh, chugging... It's still on the pop side, but it kind of has that... like indie rocky type feel to it um the few of the other tracks on the record do kind of in a similar vein to like bachelor like it's still very much pop but it has kind of these guitar elements that are becoming more and more popular in pop at the moment and it kind of has fitting lyrics for the end 
he's kind of asking someone, potentially himself or or a friend, to kind of cool off and relax and slow down their lifestyle, which is kind of a, a nice way to end an album that's kind of all kind of hyper in comparison to their previous work. So, yeah, I enjoyed this one. I don't know long term if I'm going to keep coming back to it, um, but I've listened to it three or four times this week, so I think it's got the hooks in it. Yeah, I think for Porches fans, it's definitely one to check out. If you haven't listened to Porches before, it's probably a decent jumping off point um, because it's so short, because it's got lots of catchy tracks. It's a bit less moody than Paul was. So yeah, that's the new Porches record, All Day Gentle Hold. Tom? Uh, so, live review this week. Uh, gigs are a thing. What are happening now? Which is brilliant. Uh, about a month ago, uh, as we're recording this, I grabbed myself tickets for a show that I've been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, and I was not disappointed. Um, how to describe Ferris and Sylvester, that wonderful chalk and cheese duo of songwriters who uh, have done that wonderful thing of breathing a lovely bit of life into a really, really old-sounding style of music. Um, Ferris and Sylvester are comprised of Izzy Ferris and Archie Sylvester, a wonderful duo of uh, songwriters making very... Um, bluegrass delta inspired music it's really really nice it feels really really um gritty it's the kind of thing that um it feels cinematic in the sense that um this very much feels like a story and these are songs with lyrics about not just um situations or feelings but they're about people and these characters and these personas um, and they have this wonderful, wonderful way of making you feel very warm and very fuzzy inside. I first l- heard them probably about three years ago now. Oh my God, it was probably three years ago um, when they were um, touring with one Jade Bird. Um, I fell in love with these guys immediately because they were the sport act. Uh, and I have just seen them for... I. Thing it's the fourth time. I may have got that wrong, um, but I really, really love these guys. They did not disappoint. Before I talk about them, uh, there is the uh, matter of the support act and also the venue. We were at Exeter Cavern. This was on Wednesday, the 13th of October, 2021. Um, just Jack Francis and uh, Ferris and Sylvester, just two acts on that night. They are just rounding off their... Uh, delayed 2020 uh, tour. I think they were planning to do this back in October, if I remember correctly, but it was pushed back to uh, this year because of the pandemic. I may have got my numbers wrong there. Um, But Jack Francis, good gracious me, humming homunculi, one beardy man, one acoustic guitar, and a slightly disinterested audience, and it was absolutely brilliant. Um... Again, doing a lot with very little. Um, Some very basic chords are really, really nice, strong and wholesome voice. Uh, And I fell in love instantly. Really, really like that. I spent at least 10 quid uh, on his merch that night. I'm probably going to spend a bit more on Ferris and Sylvester because it's that kind of gig. Um, It was really, really nice. 
for Jack Francis, The Inside was a song that really, really stood out for me and really, I don't know, spoke to me on a spiritual level. Uh, I don't think he's got that out on Spotify at the moment, but I believe, do believe that that is coming on <laughs> what he described as the platform that doesn't pay us, uh, which I thought was absolutely wonderful. Um one other thing as well, we were talking about merch last week. Uh, Jack Francis uh, was selling copies of his album, hard copies of the album of his, which is coming out next February. So if you want to own it early, you can go to his gig and buy it like six months before it comes out on streaming services. I don't think that's the first time we talked about that, but it's still something that I thought, actually, that's a really, really cool idea. I will happily play 10 quid to get early access to this, even if it is still on CD. Um, but that was really, really nice. I spent a tenner on him without blinking. Paris and Sylvester. Um, I've seen him in a couple of uh, lineups before. Uh, a duo, just themselves. They've been joined by a drummer on the previous tour. This time it was a four-piece. They had a drummer and they had a keyboard player in the background. I never realised how much their music needed that and how much their live performance needed that. Uh, until I saw it, and it was really, really nice. Eduardo the Keyman was really, really good uh, playing away on... What did he have? He had um, some Nord Electro um, keyboard in front of him. Then he had, I think it was probably like a Korg synthesizer or something of the sort uh, to his left. Anyway, that was awesome. Um, the show was a bit different. Uh, there were lots and lots of unreleased numbers on their set list uh, because... They come from a um, soon-to-be-announced debut album. On this tour, they have been quietly going around saying, we are going to be releasing our album next year. They haven't officially released it yet, so I'm not going to give you the name of it. Uh, that will probably come this week. Um, but that is a thing, what they were doing. I first asked this uh, when I was uh, writing for a music blog back in 2019, uh, October 2019, when I last saw them. So when's the album coming out? Oh, we think 2020. Probably. It won't be until then. It's a bit tricky trying to get things done. And uh, then 2020 happened. And now the album may be coming out, not quite this year, but in next year. So f about three years late, we're finally going to get this album, which I'm so happy about. Um, what that did mean for the show is that you had a lot of songs that nobody really knew. And lots of people were trying to figure out whether they liked stuff as they were listening to it. Um which was intriguing, but also I kind of had this kind of, um, I don't know, first date mentality where I'm seeing this person for the first time, just like, you know, am I getting along with this person? Is this is there a connection here? What was a stroke of genius uh, for Ferris and Sylvester, which I've done before, is getting people to sing along and having something which is fairly easy to um, join in with. Um, and he did that with uh, at least two of the new numbers that they brought along to get people singing along and to get them joining in with what was happening. That was a really, really nice thing. Um, for someone like me who's been to shows before, there were also some of the old numbers they've done and the same crowd interactions that they had before, uh, which was really, really nice. Um, I don't know if there's that much more to say. Um, it's one of those gigs which feels really, really wholesome and it feels very eclectic. This isn't like an indie um, crowd and it isn't like, I don't know, uh, a neo-soul crowd or a metal crowd. It's got its really own like warm, distinct vibe. Um, this sort of mix of um, young couples and lots of hipstery people, but also... Um, 
older retired couples who have seen them on telly one time or something and there's this really warm like sort of community atmosphere to the crowd it's really really nice um, even if it is, was a little bit stilted one little bugbear that I do have um, especially for a venue that was as small as the cavern about a capacity of about 150 people if you're going to talk during the show go and do it in a smoking area where I can't hear you don't do it as the band are playing um but either way that didn't spoil the night it was really really nice i thoroughly enjoyed this izzy archie well done great to see you again hopefully i'll see you again soon um yeah i recommend anybody go and check out ferris and sylvester really really nice act really good i don't listen to them all the time but when i do i feel a little bit more warmth about humanity there's some good bits about this thing what we call life uh, and they are one of them. This was a great show. Awesome. Right. Let's get on to upcoming releases. Uh, my pick of the week this week is the new Ross from Friends album, Tread. Uh, Ross from Friends, another one of those uh, lo-fi house producers who's kind of gone on to do more interesting stuff. We've talked about uh, DJ Seinfeld in the past. Uh, I really liked uh, Ross from Friends' debut album that came out in 2018, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this one. I've enjoyed some of the singles. This isn't actually Ross from Friends, is it? No, uh, Lo-Fi House. And no. The whole scene was very much into, like, you know, meme names. I mean, DJ Sabrina and the Teenage the teenage Witch, right? Like, you know. Okay. There we are. DJ Sabrina, the Teenage DJ. It's late. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, next up. Uh, indie rock band Lelouz are releasing an album called Lelouz. Uh I've list- enjoyed some of the singles off this one. Um, and also I thought it was notable because this is the second album that's released this year called Lelouz, um that I will have listened to. Uh, you can go back and listen to episode 16, I think it was, to hear me talk about uh, the other one. Remember what episode that was? That's impressive. Uh, I looked it up in the <laughs> in our planning that, document that'd be before it. the episode uh, next up Guided by Voices have a new album coming out it's called It's Not Them It Couldn't Be Them It Is Them Guided by Voices were like an indie rock band uh, probably most famously in the 90s uh, they did some very well regarded like very lo-fi indie rock stuff so yeah that might be one to check out my Morning Jacket have a new record coming out. It's called My Morning Jacket. It's their first album of new material since 2015's The Waterfall, I believe. Uh, so it's been quite a while for them. Uh, I think it was last year they released The Waterfall 2, uh, but that was released... I think originally The Waterfall was supposed to be a double album, but the label didn't want them to release it like that, so The Waterfall 2 kind of got shelved. Um, so yeah new My Morning Jacket, that's exciting. Uh, Together Pangea are releasing a new album called Die, that's D-Y-E. Uh, I like their last record, uh, Balls and Roosters, I think it was called. Uh, so I'm excited to hear what this one's like. Lana Del Rey has an album coming out called Blue Bannisters, I don't know if anyone cares about that one. Uh, Biffy Clyro have a new album coming out called The Myth of the Happily Ever After. Again, I'm looking at blank faces of people who don't seem to care too much Mm. Uh, and then IU uh, has a release coming out on Wednesday this week called Strawberry Moon yeah there's been a lot of talk about it on online and yeah she seems like a big 
K-pop artist. So, yeah, it should be interesting to listen to it. And that's all of the upcoming releases, and that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can tweet at us at Unmuted Weekly, or you can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com, or you can just leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. Uh, Also, if there's a rating thing on your podcast service, give us the five stars, give us the thumbs up. That would really help us out. Um... You can follow us on Twitter, like I said, or you can follow us on Instagram. We are Unmuted Unmastered we on are. Instagram. And that's it. <laughs> I'm going to bed. That's a good ending. <laughs> Great. Cue music. <laughs> <laughs>